0: Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to Pretend Worlds, Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and uh, what uh, God, what, what am I today? I'm contemplative. I'm happy. I'm a little mentally drained, uh, and I'm no, I'm definitely hungry. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I hope you're all having a wonderful day. I am really enjoying this kind of like weird transitional period post-strike, post-holidays. The uh, industry has been pretty slow to pick back up after everything. So maybe, you know, in the next few weeks we see some things really start to pop and the speed ramps up again. But I've been enjoying it. I started a, you know, an additional job on top of my other jobs to you know, pay the bills. And it's just been really fun to dive into a whole new industry that also has something to do with uh, with podcasting, ironically enough. And it's just been wonderful so far. Uh, it's just been a very interesting time, so I hope all of you are taking this time to still you know, reflect on last year, finish those thoughts, but looking forward to 2024. Now, I am completely ecstatic to share this week's episode with all of you, because uh, I brought on one of my buddies here in Colorado, who is an actor, a filmmaker, a writer, a producer, an academic, a teacher... And he there's nothing this guy can't do, and he's charming as hell. I, of course, am talking about Matthew Small Done. And in this episode, you know, us being buddies and just sitting down for this much anticipated conversation, because I've been wanting to have him on the show for years. We just talk about you know his creative journey, as we always do, but his comes with some pivots that you really you, know, you wouldn't expect. Uh things that I didn't even know. <laughs> and I've known him for for a little while now. So it was really awesome to hear his story, you know, listen to his <laughs> his thoughts come about. And uh, I know during the episode in certain moments, he says, oh, I'm, I'm rambling a lot. But he, he really doesn't ramble. He He has a lot to say. And it's always so cohesive and extremely well done and something that obviously should be put into some kind of textbook or performed by another actor (laughs) it's i i and matt i'm not lighting you up (laughs) i'm I'm not trying to blow smoke up you man i just i I think the guy's incredibly talented so uh without further ado please help me in welcoming the amazing matthew (music) smalldome
1: Uh, My name is uh, Matthew Smaldone. I am a writer, director, actor, producer. Uh, I've been working in the Philadelphia area as well as Denver and a little bit in LA. LA. But mostly uh, what I've been working on is my production company, Chameleon Film Studios. Uh, We're a small startup outside out of Denver. And um, over the past two years, we've been making a bunch of short films, a couple feature films, and have just been really, really digging after it as far as the industry goes.
0: He says that with the most humble tone imaginable when it's like <laughs> we're all in acting class. Where's matt? oh, he's he's working on his, you know, third feature film. <laughs> I mean, I tried not to eat candy today, so that's like the extent of my success from- <laughs> dude
1: honestly, with with I have my personal weight loss goals this year, and that is a success. Like I can tell you, i I appreciate that,
0: dude. it's well, I don't even know really where to start with you because you do and have done so much but i guess i i told myself i wouldn't go back to the well with this question but it's always a fun one to go to and that's like where did your passion for the performing arts or for filmmaking Mm -hmm. and any whichever came first when did that start for you
1: yeah i I, it's kind of like two separate answers i guess because performing and like the performing arts that was i think like a lot of people started in theater back when i was young you know i was Homeschooled up until high school, which you know answers a lot of questions, I guess. And uh, (laughs) so uh, my mom put me into theater clubs, like after-school theater clubs, just so I could like get socialized and become a normal kid. Um, And it provided for me an environment that really valued hard work. You know, I, I think especially in an industry, and I came to learn this a lot later once I was out of college and actively working as a professional, but. In an industry where so much is regulated by chance and so much is regulated by factors you can't control, um, I think I really value hard work, and I really, really value the people who um, understand that like all I can control is is myself and my my work ethic and my actions, um, and that started back then. Uh, you know, I was a little nobody kid who had like zero friends, and I auditioned for. musical and I got a role and it was like oh this is something that I can excel in this is something that has a a place for me it's a home for me um and so I kind of put it on the back burner I was just doing it kind of as a hobby and then like somewhere along junior year in high school I was doing really well in like science and math and all my teachers were like yeah so like school of minds right and I was like actually I'm gonna go play pretend for a living bye and I left for the uh the east coast uh to study acting out in Philadelphia um And then as far as like filmmaking goes, really it was the pandemic. Like I had dabbled in theater, I'm sorry, dabbled in filmmaking in college, but really I was, I fancied myself a little bit more of like a, an actor playwright. I wasn't really like, I'm not a film guy. I knew nothing about it. You know, I, I was never taught theater or never taught film. I was never taught the craft of filmmaking. So, um, it was after, during the pandemic, I came back home to Colorado because I I didn't, you know, everything was shut down on the East, on the East coast. And, you know, theaters just weren't open. The theater industry was dead across the, the country. So I started really doing film as a way to keep my creative drives going. And then I kind of realized that like film was the thing I had been searching for the whole time, you know, as a kid, I would always daydream in scenes and I loved movies and I used to, you know, write just a ton of little scenes as a kid. I was, I've always been a huge writer ever since I was a child. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this, I think this is it, you know? Um, so it kind of, I, I i found it and then really filmmaking kind of snuck up on me. Um, you know, one of those serendipitous things about the pandemic where it was such an awful, terrible event, but it, it brought about, good things in in you know the kind of auxiliary uh consequences of it i guess if that makes sense
0: yeah no absolutely i um as you were talking i mean it makes sense that you in some way you went from a very uh like academically inclined persona and intellect and you brought that over to art which i think a lot of people you know a lot of auteurs and a lot of like really amazing filmmakers have gone that way because your analytical brain is still going, you know, now it's just framed right. in a different light. Right. Uh, I, I had no idea about, you know, during the pandemic, you, you considered this. I didn't know that was your switch. I was under the impression, you know, you, uh, and it sounds pretentious to say, but you know, it's one of those like, Oh, I, saw Raiders and I just knew I had to hold a camera, you know, and I filmed <laughs> everything. Uh, so it's, it, it just goes to show like how much you belong in this industry, seeing your work and seeing how you conduct directing on a set and you work with actors. There's, there's a a freedom to it, but there's also a very focused vision. That's, that's flexible. I mean, and spoiler alert guys, like I've worked on, uh, on one of his films before and it's it's very light it's still stressful like any other film production process but uh no that's really cool that during the pandemic you kind of you, you found that that way into film and that honestly brings me into this question which i think every filmmaker can immediately relate to and that's something that went horribly wrong during your first production wow that's such a great question um <laughs> Provided someone no was injured. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So so this is kind of one of the one of the downsides to never having been like formally trained in in filmmaking is you know, I, I think that a lot of times you can figure out the sight of things, you can figure out kind of the vision of things if you just have that kind of mind, or you know, especially if you work with great people, the collaborative process will will help you along the creative side of things. However, when you're not trained in it, you don't know a lot of the producing side of things. You don't know a lot of the, log- the logistical side of things. So, on uh, on my first feature, um, Life and Death, which Tyler was a part of, and and so wonderfully happy to have him par- a part of it. Um, I didn't, you know, it was the first time doing a feature film, and we self produced it, we self funded it, all that kind of stuff. Um, we had a scene where um, the the two characters, the two main characters, were in a car, and you know, in my brain, not knowing any better, I just thought, okay, well, we'll strap a camera to the car and just have them drive up and down the road a few times, and it'll be fine, you know. Um, it came out, you know. Thankfully, we had we had some more experienced, wiser people on set who who knew better, who were like, hey, this this isn't quite the safest way we could go about doing things, you know. We need to 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 kind of like tactically retreat and come up with a solution for this um and thank goodness they they said that uh because you know in that moment all of a sudden everybody's together everyone is together the actors the other producers the you know the the crew everyone's there pitching in ideas you know so then i you know i'm hearing all this kind of stuff And I I take uh, my first AD, Jason Potter, aside, who is, by the way, one of the sweetest, most wonderful people I've ever met. He's just a a, a gem of a human. And and we're like, how are we going to do this? So uh, Jimmy Corso, who played the lead, he was like, I'll get a truck and we'll get a trailer and we'll put the car on a trailer and someone else will drive the trailer and the actors can just sit in the back and it'll be fine, you know. And so we looked it up. Okay, we're good safety wise. We're good legally, all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, what started as like the most stressful night of my life it was a it was a nine day shoot. We shot we shot that freaking feature in nine days, and it was the second night. And we were all like, "What are we gonna? It was this a mistake? Are we idiots? Are we fools for doing this?" And then all of a sudden, it became the most fun night of the shoot i mean we're we're really? in there and yeah it was <laughs> great we had our locations manager at the wheel of the trailer and he's he's driving it we're on radio with him two actors are in the, the seat of the car and then myself and our uh sound mixer are spooning in the trunk to get out of the sight of the 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 camera and so literally i'm i'm cuddled up in the arms of of our sound mixer philip wallace and like he has the the microphone so you know i'll yell action we'll do a lap and uh and then they'll, i'll yell cut and then he'll hand me the microphone and i'm just like pressed up my face against his and i'm like hello that was great i really think we could use a little bit more emotion this is an this is a serious scene this is angry like you guys really need to be a little bit more you know uh uh serious but you know it was but it was a blast oh my gosh it was a blast and it really came to show uh, greta gerwig once said like the the obstacles are the path you know mm. And and I, I can't take credit for that at all. And I know it's kind of a, a sounds pretentious to say, but like truly you only have a plan so that you have something to reference when the plan inevitably doesn't work. Cause it will fail. Yeah. The plan will fail and that's awesome, you know? Because in that moment, that's where you prove if you're a filmmaker or not. I think that a lot of people have, I mean, I think so many people have wonderful ideas and just incredible, incredible visions. But I think what really makes a filmmaker is how do you react when things go wrong, you know? And I I think that that really is the defining, it's really what defines the best of every profession, you know? Who is the best doctor? It's the doctor who knows how to handle a situation when it goes wrong, you know? Who is the best, uh, you know, artist? It's the artist who knows how to handle things when things go wrong. Who's the best firefighter? It's the firefighter who knows how to handle things when, you know, crap hits the fan. and obviously not saying that i'm perfect i still i i still have many times where i'm like i have no clue what what to do but <laughs> i think there is a certain level of peace that you can have as a filmmaker when you realize like things are going to go wrong and that's a part of it mm. and 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 be okay with that and rely on your team and like i have the truly i like I feel like I've stumbled into to Wonderland and just upon this this cast of incredible collaborators, uh, and yourself included.
0: Like, what a beautiful community oh, we thanks, have! Man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was kind of long winded, but did that answer your question? No,
0: no that that was great. And honestly, like I've told a lot of the guests that have been on the show that Colorado, you know, we're not we're not a huge market. You know, it's mainly non union industrial work, and that's pretty much it. But we have so many passionate filmmakers and actors and writers and folks who just make their own stuff because yeah. we're kind of sick, just <laughs> doing one or two self tapes, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, and then not hearing anything, and then you know, it's it's just it good But with that, like you said, comes that responsibility of knowing who you are when things go wrong because now it's it's your production you can't you can't say you know guys if you're not gonna light anything and it's negative two degrees outside i'm gonna go wait in the car like (laughs) you guys figure it out um and i i am kind of dipping myself back in those waters again with a a web series that i've been working on that i want to produce you know this year so i totally get the whole having done it before (laughs) like things are going wrong Something's not working. Where's your electricity? We somehow can't find it. Which wall can I punch and not get in trouble for? You know, (laughs) uh, that no one can see. Uh, That's like worst case scenario. Um, Um, But no, I, I I love that. That's your, like that's that's memory that stands out in your production for that film. Because yeah, nine days. The film came out amazing, and it's just a really fun, tight knit story that if you, you know, showed somebody out on the West Coast or East Coast, they'd say, oh, that took like 20 days, right? Like, no. <laughs> uh, and oh, man. I, I'm not sure if it's recorded anywhere, but at the premiere of Life and Death, you guys were talking about that night. And there are some additives to it that I won't spoil on this show, but I hope it, you know, whether it's a DVD commentary or something that's, that's brought up, but uh, you went from a nine-day shoot in an urban environment and if I may, you know introduce your next project, Scars of Our Hands, yeah, you decided to just voyage out into the Rocky Mountains <laughs> and make a film <laughs> with probably nobody around you for miles, right? in a lot of senses, yeah. like oh my God, it
1: was so so, yeah, like you know, it's so funny what led to that decision. Like, you know, we we started off making short films to like prove that we could you know like when i when i first started directing films it was like i'm a theater guy like i've directed and produced plays you know i've written plays i've acted in plays i, I like am not super versed with film yet but i i have the story you know and I, I feel like i could tell it so let's let's give it a shot you know so the first few were, were just trying to figure out how to make films and and really like how to do it well and then once we, you know, kind of found our initial su- success with those, then it became, okay, let's keep building the scope of things. Keep, you know, increasing our ambition. Keep increasing our 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 zone of discomfort, you know, um, to keep ourselves on our toes. And we got to a point where we were doing, um, we did a, a film for the Denver 48-hour uh, film festival. Um, it's called Lucidity. It's a really, really uh, awesome little film that, that I was really uh, quite proud of. Um, And because of that, we got to enter another competition. That was the same thing, like a seven minute max deal. And like, this is just the, I think my, my biggest flaw. And this sounds like one of those like BS interview questions. Like, what's your biggest flaw? Oh, I'm too ambitious. But like, I truly (laughs) am. It's, it truly is a problem because like after that I was like I don't ever want to make a 7 minute film again. Like I think that those are awesome. Like the Denver 48 hour film project is phenomenal. It's so much fun. But like I had gotten to that point in my my career where it was like I, I want to let the stories breathe where they need to breathe, you know. That's fair. Yeah. So we did we did Life and Death and things just kind of kept spring. and actually The Scars of Our Hands, I started writing that way before Life and Death. I had been Oh, really? Yeah, we I started writing and like really developing the scars of our hands about a year before i even started maybe like a half year before i started writing life and death and because we knew we were going to do scars we knew that that was gonna happen but in the meantime we were like we're so bored we we and i mean not even that that sounds that sounds trite but like we were like we were shaking it was like what what do we we have all this you know creative energy what do we do with it and yeah. and life and death went from being a 7 minute comedic short to a 15 minute kind of like conceptual dark piece to a 40 minute pilot to a feature length <laughs> film cuz it just kept growing and breathing and and that's exactly what happened with scars is like mm. this idea came by um i'm i'm a big like i love ancient literature um, and so I had read through the Sangreal, which is the Holy Grail texts, all the old, you know, Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, all those texts. And these ideas just kept bubbling up and bubbling up. And, like, I just was writing them out. And, you know, it was like, all right. And then and then one of these characters is standing on a lake and the, the sky melts. And, you know, and one of those things where I was like, if I can pull it off, it'll be phenomenal. <laughs> but once we had decided to do it, then it was the problem of, like, well, then how are we going to pull this? freaking thing off because it was yeah like the the scope of it was was rather large um and we yeah we filmed up in in winter park and uh netherland like way tucked back kind of in that mountain ridge um and we kind of joked that it was next time we're not gonna pay anyone, like pay the crew. We're gonna actually have them pay us and market the thing as a 30-day weight loss program. <laughs> because it was literally like, okay, we're parking at the trailhead. We have a 10 minute hike up a mountain and we have to carry like combo stands and like sea stand and like he- sandbags and stuff. Um <laughs> yeah, I-, I lost 12 pounds in like the first two weeks. It was nuts um it was nuts it was it was a a crazy thing and and i i have to say like we were we were so incredibly lucky and blessed to have the crew and cast that we did because everyone was in it you know everyone wanted to, and to your point of colorado being just a vibrant community small as we are people are on fire for stories and for art here you know they are, there is a hunger for it and a passion for it and a love of the community that like, man, you know, yeah, our, that, that production was just, it was, it, it truly was like one of the hardest um, months of my entire life, but I'm so incredibly proud of it. And, and I think it's going to come out just spectacularly because of all those wonderful people that, um, you know, proved that they, their goal was to be solid, good people. And solid good artists first, you know. Like I, I think that that's a big thing that I I talk about to my casts and my crews is like I know you're talented. Like that's that's a given. That's why you're here, you know. But what I really care about, what I think we really need to put into the world is like, are we good? You know, are we yeah. good people? Are we forming a community that we can be proud of? And, you know, you sometimes you succeed, sometimes you fail, you know? Like, um, but overall, I think that like, I'm very proud of, of that production because of just thinking back on the faces of the people. I mean, like, and, and same for life and death, like the faces of the people I got to work with who just lit up my world, you know, just were, I mean, you like, yeah, it doesn't pay much, but like, when else do you get to just work with your friends? You know?
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. Especially so, yeah. here of all places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a devotion here and you touched on it too that artists here are <laughs> more than willing to put themselves you know on a hike up a mountain carrying 20 pound 30 pound sandbags to be a part of something like that instead of you know hey if there's a mandatory shift added to your job so it's six days straight instead of five instant no the right. other thing hell yes and i right I love even um, I don't think she spoke about it when she was on the show uh, because I think it was just after production. But friend of the show, you know, Chloe Chamberlain, she I heard she was a rock star during that whole shoot. I mean, she barely slept and she just barreled through whatever needed to be done. She got it done. Chloe was was
1: so insanely helpful. She's I mean, one of the one of the I mean, the most humble, generous talented and hardworking people i have ever met and kindest to just so Absolutely. kind yeah and um yeah i mean and that's that was the thing you would see stuff you would see stuff like that like her she'd be like oh yeah and that's that's chloe that's how chloe is <laughs> chloe chamberlain is that her she just doesn't stop she she you know will dig through the dirt until she reaches the other side of the earth you know she is a she's a force to be reckoned with and seeing that like you just have to step back and, like, make sure you're not taking it for granted. Because it is true, like, it's, you know, especially coming out of all of the strikes, you know. Oh, my God. Knowing the the atmosphere in in our industry of, like, we need to make sure that we're taking care of people, you know. I, I think that's a really tough, tough conversation to have as an indie filmmaker. And I say this as a, an indie producer, like... You know, when you're working on a shoestring budget, when you need to have people hike up a mountain, you know, with with a bunch of equipment and all that kind of stuff. You get to this point where where, you know, you can feel like you, you just have to take a step back and make sure gratitude is the undercurrent of it all, mm. um, because a 100 percent like, you you know. There is stuff where, like, yeah, like, I don't, we can't afford SAG rates, obviously, so <laughs> we're working on indie <laughs> rates, and it's a testament to the the people in the industry, the, in the indie industry, who, who understand that, like, you know, that's, that's, that's the price of this level, you know, and we all feel, you know, I'm, my, I was, I was eating a bowl of rice a day for, like, five, literally for, like, five months on that, that shoot, um, but there's a there is like a beauty to. It. I mean we we kind of say in chameleon film studios like we we do backyard baseball filmmaking where it's like mm-hmm. we weren't trained in this we you know it's literally like we go out to the dugout out back and it's dusty it's gritty we're going to put it together we're going to make something awesome we're going to just like barrel it down the nose and and mm-hmm. make something we're proud of. Um and th- that process is like you got to get your hands dirty, you know. Uh so it's, it's, man, I'm, I'm rambling now. Cause now I'm just like, I've got a million thoughts in my head, but I don't it know. just takes <laughs> over. Well,
0: it's <laughs> uh, just as a quick anecdote, I was going to see you Denver for video production and I made it, I don't know, maybe almost a full year before I switched to marketing with a minor in film studies because production one, that class, their first lesson was this is the mail end of a chord this is the female end and she plugged them in that was like half of the class and in my experience working as like a PA and just a grunt crew grunt from high school into my 20s you learn so much more just like you said getting dirty and and getting into it you know just making it happen so Mm -hmm. with with all of that being said and done and, and finding this community and and producing your own work, I do want to dive into the acting side of your career, which you also yeah. have been busy <laughs> with. It seems like you're either, you know, working your day gigs uh, or filming your own stuff or your acting, you know, like you, you went to like San Diego and Utah last year. So if yeah. you wouldn't mind uh in the audience in about, you know, you becoming an on camera actor, especially after really having a lot of experience in theater. Yeah. What was going through your head during that transition? Do you think it was harder? Did you find that it was easier? How was that for you? Oh man You know, I I think it's like
1: That's such a good question Theater acting teaches you discipline I think, because in theater you have to know the whole story and the whole script and you have to know it inside and out because you have to do the whole thing and you get one shot a night, you know Film acting is is a little bit more laid back, you know, you can do another take and maybe you just like wake up and you just memorize your scene for that day, you know, like, but I, I can't do that because my brain is a theater actor brain, you know, it, it's like, I got to know the whole story and I got to memorize the whole thing. So I know where I'm at, you know, and it's, it can get be tough for me to like, all right, we're filming the finale on the first day. Like, okay, let me figure out what that means, you know? Um, but the thing about film acting at least is the intimacy of it, you know? Like, in film acting, there's so much that can go on just here, just in the eyes. Like, I, I, I like to tell the actors that I'm directing, like, I think good acting, in part, is focused stillness, you know? Like, because in theater, you're trying to hit the back row, so you're big and you're loud and you're projecting, and, and you have to almost exaggerate your movements so that everyone can see you. But in film, you get to get smaller. And you get to focus everything. Mm. And you get to play with the nuance of expression. Which is like the nerdiest thing, but just the... And you know, because you're an actor. Yeah, like, it's so... It's such a you know, geeky thing to be like,
0: oh, God, yeah, micro-expressions. I, I,
1: love, I love it, yeah. And like myself, <laughs> I'm a very technical actor. Like, I've never been the kind of guy who's like, all right, <laughs> you know, like I'm just, you know, I, I usually I can go and I just turn it on and turn it off, and turn it, you know, that's, you know, and and so I I really what you know I've had friends who are very inspirational actors, they're very emotional actors, and so they get out there and they're just so relaxed and so organic, and then all of a sudden just stuff comes out and they have no idea why and all this kind of stuff. And like my process is more like, I, I need to know, like I need to intellectualize my process at least, to get myself to that state of relaxation where then I can then perform. Um, if that makes any sense at all, but oh, absolutely. yeah. yeah. Like um, so yeah, with, with the transition into film acting, that was I, I felt like I had the really good solid backbone from theater um, that I just got to bring into film, you know, because film is very, very technical. You know it's it's stuff is like you know if i'm st- like right here i'm on this side of my laptop screen and you're on that side and like you know if this is on and i can tell because i'm i'm a vain you know egotist like we all are as actors <laughs> what am i looking I, at <laughs> right like i look back at myself to make sure that my hair isn't on fire and of course it's not so then i look back at you but like for film it's like i just need to look at you you know and so it's a technical thing but with acting. The you know you have that kind of like depth and complexity of emotion that you can then bring to enliven the film technique. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it it's. I, I have to real quick. I have to share like a. <laughs> oh, no. I, I'm Italian, as as you know, and <laughs> I once saw a, a speech graph like a, the psychological study graphed the speeches of different uh, cultures. And like the, the French graph was like a sign function. It just went up and down into like two solid points, rah, you know, going one to the other. Very, very clean. And then Russian was like a cube, you know, and it kind of spiraled inwards. And then they got to Italian and it was just like, blah, 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 like just a, literally a <laughs> bowl of spaghetti. So I apologize to, to you and your viewers if I get on a tangent. And then I'm like, I forgot what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: I'm tying the balloon. Oh, I've let it go. I'm finding it Oh, out. no. <laughs> yes. What were we talking about? Balloons, right? That's what we were saying? <laughs> it, honestly, it it cracks me because there, there are certain things that you notice about yourself mm-hmm. that I think other folks wouldn't catch on, like catch <laughs> on to. So in the entirety that we've been friends, I never once pegged him and it's like he's got to be Italian. Look at his hands. Oh. You know? <laughs> it's just... I think it's because we're just, we're surrounded by artists and a lot of them just, there's no other way to convey what we're talking about than I say, I gotta, I gotta make it, make it tangible. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta do something.
1: Well, and as, as actors, yeah. you use the entirety of your instrument, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah, it's, I, I totally feel, like, well now it's uh yeah, the, that, <laughs> I guess that insecurity of mine of like I'm I must be speaking in tangents anyway. <laughs> sorry,
0: what were you, what were you no, saying? <laughs> no, well, I was going to put in the uh, I won't do it now, but I was going to put in the intro. Yeah, I think I said absolutely at least ten times during the recording, and that's you know halfway through. Uh, so there's my own insecurity. Just as <laughs> I'm interviewing somebody, there's there's things that'll pop out. But uh, um, yeah, when it comes to the the technique of Falling into a scene and making sure that you're delivering something authentic and it's not manufactured. It's not too big for theater. It's not too too small that it's not noticeable. It's such a it's such a career of nuance in so many ways. Mm. And it's funny. I'm not sure if you've noticed this when you've worked on set, but I feel afterwards after I've uh, you know worked on set that you know the day is gone. I'm I'm finally back at home. I get like these little flashes to different nuances that appeared in that character that I did not plan on. Mm -hmm. It just kind of happened. And I think it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. You, it's a very natural approach to the context of the scene or what you're doing. I mean, you and I have only acted in class, but there are very vivid memories. I have of us like acting together. And there's just things that you delivered that we definitely did not see in the rehearsal where it's just one of those, Damn. Okay. Uh, (laughs) what was my line? Um, but yeah, uh, uh, that natural approach to acting when you're not, somebody who's been wanting to do it since you were, you know, six or seven, I think that's a positive in all honesty. And I, I do want to bring in, you know, the, the attendance of acting class to work on that craft and to get to know yourself more as a, as a physical performer. Mm-hmm. let's talk about your your first acting class your first session when oh, you know it's boy. past the audit you're wow. ready to dive in uh because yeah. it's something not a whole lot of people talk about they talk about taking acting classes right. but they not talk about your experience the first time right and that's gonna really solidify whether or not you're gonna stay you know because you're gonna right, react right. to what's happening or maybe you'll be overwhelmed or underwhelmed yeah. um because was the was the first class you went to for on-camera acting the one that i met you in yeah yeah, that was my oh, wow. first on-camera oh, my acting shit. class.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's it's so funny like the I think I think a good thing to to start off with that a lot of people who aren't in acting sometimes don't understand is that like acting class is not necessarily where you learn to act. It's where you grow your acting capabilities. It's like the gym, you know. Like it's, you know, and and a lot of people do go to acting class to learn how to act, but I especially for like you know you and I like I had been working as a professional actor for a few years before I went to my first acting class so like it's safe to say I knew how to act but it was strengthening that and it was breaking through to new levels and my goodness I never I honestly never really fancied myself that good of an actor ever and then I I Mm -hmm. went to class yeah I just you know all through college there's always that voice in the back of your head it's like oh I'm like tall so did i get cast as the lead because i was tall you know like those types of things where you're like am i actually talented at all you know um and so going to starting out in acting class i remember thinking be bad just be like you might be bad you might be good like just show up and and work as hard as you can you know um I was so intimidated. I was so incredibly nervous and intimidated and cause I, I, I could feel the caliber of actors around me, like the, the, the class that we met in, um, excuse me, is it is, it is no surprise or it is, it is no secret that, you know, so many people at that studio are just just riveted with, with talent, you know, just incredibly talented people. Um, And so showing up in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like the, and I'm sure you may have felt this way too. Like, I know I felt like a lot of like imposter syndrome and, and kind of that feeling of like, gosh, if I'm not like, let this be the test, you know, let this be the test of if I'm supposed to be here or not. And, uh, (laughs) you know, running into it just full steam ahead. I, I think that that is where you grow the most is when you are the smallest fish in the pond, you know? when you yeah. realize like you show up and you're like ah I'm 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 the rookie you know cuz then you ha you get pulled up to other people's levels you know um and so yeah i remember my first acting class like i think what it was was really i went up and i i did a scene and i felt i felt okay about not great about it but then i did a little bit of improv and like improv is like my guilty pleasure i you know i love improv so you're much so, so much fun fucking good at it <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's amazing thank um, you man yeah, you yeah. too
1: you too dude um <laughs> but like it was just one of those things where i was like okay now i know. i got i got this to an extent like i can i can you know relax into this um i honestly can't remember really the details of it but i i remember leaving and feeling super like you know when you know you're gonna make friends
0: like, oh, yeah, especially as an adult. Yeah. The hardest time to do it. <laughs>
1: it's so <laughs> difficult. And it was so, it was so amazing. I remember, like, because I knew nobody in Denver. I, like, I, all my contacts were out in Philadelphia because that's where my career was before the pandemic. And then I came back here and uh, I, I cast in my first film, I cast two actors from the studio, and you know them, JT Melorano mm-hmm. and Tom Svaldi. Um, and they, I was like, hey, what what do you guys do for like acting around here? Which sounds like the most like hey, what do you guys do for acting? acting? What do you what do you guys do for yeah. uh, and then as <laughs> I open up and I have a bunch of fake watches. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um it's just a terrible joke. Uh, but so they were like, Oh, come to our studio, you know. So I, I went there and it was like, Oh, I found the community, like I found the people. And I've been working with those people and have had friends with those people ever since, you know, you're you're yeah. a, a prime example of that, like just a wonderful, wonderful group of folks that like, oh, my gosh, pushed me to no ends, you know?
0: Yeah, and on, I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't name names if I even remember the names, but I don't think there's a single person in those classes that was, you know, standoffish, that was competitive, that said, nah, I'm just... I'm here to be the best, and yeah. and that's it. Every single person had mm-hmm. insecurities that they vocalized. They had things they wanted to improve on. And like mm-hmm. you said before, we always made each other better. And after you know a six-week scene study full of mostly dramatic work, us having an improv night was the most fun you could mm. ever have. It was huge. It was huge. <laughs> it was just so... I remember like those nights
1: being because yeah you get on you get on scenes especially the dramatic scenes and they can kind of beat you into the ground a little bit you know like i think that's another getting back to like the the theater acting thing that's another thing that theater acting does really well in in an actor's training is it teaches you how to work through monotony in a scene you know when you've been doing a scene you know you're in a run of a show and you've done the same scene every single night for two months Mm -hmm. you know how are you going to keep that fresh and organic um because that that's a real problem, and I feel like you you can run into that when you're working on a dramatic scene, and you're like, "Oh my gosh!" I've been like shouting about how I want to like take over a political party to like a guy that is actually going to wrap me out to the FBI for like five months now. I mean, it wasn't that long, but like five or six weeks. <laughs> it felt like five and, months. <laughs> 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 and then, like, you get to be like, all right, I'm going to go play baseball. We like, you know, and just like, ah, you're a cat in a barbershop. And you're like, what does that look like? You know, it it yeah. is like just as far
0: as like nerdy acting stuff goes, it's the best release you can have. Oh, it's so much fun. And it's, uh, it, it just didn't feel like a, I don't know, it wasn't a very pressure filled environment mm-hmm. to, yeah out of the workshops we had, you know, we would hope that, um, you know, maybe we could join someone's roster in California or that a CD would really remember us. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we, we would have our performances. We'd have the after party and the whole time at the after party, no one's really schmoozing with the person that's meant to sit down with us. We're just all exuding all of that, like, creative yeah. stress and saying oh you know what let, let's let get a beer let's share a pretzel right. you know like let's have yeah. fun let's just forget whatever else just happened we're all here together and it's yeah. great and um totally. i do want to talk about you know extending you know your range and extending your community because acting classes are, are really awesome um if you have one that works for you and it's worked for years you know stick with that but I'm definitely somebody who believes, you know, you need to switch things up a little bit or else you're going to you're going to either plateau or things are going to get stale. You're going to rely on certain things. You need more challenges. Right. Um, so I do want to ask, you know, like as far as you and I haven't taken a class together in. Six months, maybe. Yeah, it's been about half a year. I'd Yeah. Say, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. So like what what's going on for you? I mean, you were working on your films and everything. But what yeah. is. Keeping you satiated and challenged when it comes to like honing that part of your craft. Yeah,
1: it's so interesting. Like you know,
0: so yeah, I you know, I, I I
1: because you know of of the scars of our hands, I I it was just too much time, and I knew like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like this is, you know, I I never felt more sure about a career path in my life. So I I, I quit my day job and. And was like just as poor as poor could be, so I, I literally just couldn't afford acting classes anymore. Uh, so I would do, you know, I would do a, as many like auditions as I could, and then I got, you know, I got some acting opportunities, which is really fun. As far as like what's keeping me going, like I, I've been writing. I wouldn't say it, like it, it's just observations that I've noticed throughout my acting career, and like like uh, a a big one is is um. Trial and error, like I, I don't, I don't really know if you can teach acting. I think acting has to be done and it has to be experimented on. And you know, like I was on a, a film set and uh, I had a really, really intense scene. Like uh, it was a, almost like a suicide scene. And like, oh, sure. um, yeah, it was really, really emotionally wow. intense. And the director, uh, his style, he just loved doing takes. Like, and so we did maybe like twelve takes of that, like insanely intense. <laughs> My, and like, I, I was, I mean, my, my gas tank was empty by the take stick. I was like, I Oh, I bet. <laughs> I don't know what I can give you, you know, but what was so wonderful about that is he didn't really give any notes between takes. And so I mm-hmm. found it as an opportunity, like, okay, let's see what my process is. Let's see what the trial and error process is. And it was so funny. I remember, cause for me, my first take is like always the best because my second take, I get in my head trying to recreate the first. So in this moment, I did the first take and it was pretty good. And I told myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what usually happens on my second take. Now that I have this opportunity to do trial and error, I'm just going to throw the second take away. See what happens. Like, try my best. Still, like, do well on it. But, like, I'm not going to give it the pressure that take one has. It's just yeah. going to be an- it's another take. You know, if it goes great, great. If it goes bad, bad. Just let it go. And that take went a lot better than my second takes normally go. And then the third take was great. And so in that moment because of the trial and error I was like I found my process you know I'm figuring out my process so you know I I'm I've been toying with the idea of just like putting together and not a class not a not even really a workshop but just like getting together with other actors and being like let's work for 3 hours straight and let's allow each other the time to do trial and error like very minimal notes anything like that like we're, we're it's peer-to-peer kind of stuff and we've talked about this a little bit like i i just think that there is so much that can be said for application uh you know when i was in college and i i i you know no no shade to my college at all but the only application i ever got was when i was doing extracurriculars in class it was 90 percent observation and 10 percent application and i was like you could be applying or you could be observing Surrey and McKellen for 10 hours a day, it will do you no good if you only get five minutes to practice, you know? Yeah. So I I I've gotten to the point where it's like, at least to keep me satiated in my my acting pursuits, it's like if I'm gonna act with I wanna act. I wanna act on five scenes a night. I want to do you know, four takes of each scene. I wanna be exhausted walking out from there because it's like the gym, kind of yeah. like what I was saying before. Oh, sorry, like what I was saying before, like if you go to the gym and you do one rep, that's not a workout. Hmm. You know, you got to go to the gym and do multiple reps and multiple exercises every single day, you know? And so, yeah, it's, I don't know if that answered the question really, but I, yeah, I've, I've been, you know, talking to you and talking to some other friends about just getting together and like acting, you know? Yeah. Just doing that like thing that artists are so good at, which is like, we're gonna meet in a basement, and we're just gonna like <laughs> make ourselves amazing. You know, like we're yeah. gonna share uh, like two subway footlongs between the six of us, and we're gonna make ourselves amazing. It's, and uh,
0: yeah, it's like black box theater for yeah. you know the. Oh my gosh, <laughs> those are, I, I I'm not sure to what extent. Um, I'm sure they rehearsed like crazy, but. Willem Dafoe is somebody that I look up to, to such a high like standard when it comes to acting and he'll, you know, you look back at him in his 20s, just or in a theatrical group in New York City, ended up building like the backbone of independent theater in New York City in the 70s. And it's all about taking those extremes and and trying new things and going crazy. And honestly, i think our industry needs a we need a change up. i think we're getting yeah. that but we need to change up when it comes to like the best practices for what we see because yeah i, I will never say i'm a great actor a, at all mm-hmm. but i will say i'm yeah. seeing more things now that are you know bigger projects where there's just really no effort put into it i feel like a lot of it's just kind of kind of lazy just to oh, just to 100%. do it yeah um yeah. And, you know, it could be for a variety of things, whether it's studio notes or the way it was written or whatever. Uh, But I I would absolutely love and I I can't wait to check out, you know, just everyone else's work when we go in with no expectations. We're just saying, hey, let's let's work out. Let's get this going. Um, Let's all, you know, try a really emotional scene for three hours and then take some Tylenol and head home. Yeah, yeah. because your brain's going to fucking hurt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> will yeah I, i've had those yeah. nights um oh, yeah. yeah but you know with with everything that you've done man and the journey that you've been on and the short amount of time that you've been doing it i mean it's a pretty it's a pretty small window for all these things that have popped up what's something that you've held on to advice wise that you could pass on to our listeners whether it's somebody who is probably in college right now and doesn't want to get a mechanical engineering degree mm-hmm. or it's somebody who's you know, in their career, in the midst of their 10 years in and nothing's really going on. What's something you've held on to as far as, you know, hope or encouragement that you could pass on to the listeners as well? It's a great question.
1: Um, don't be precious with your work. Don't ever, ever be precious with your work. Do your best, make good work, but don't allow perfectionism to rob you of the opportunity to create. Um, I think that's something that like, I, you know, I mean, from whether it was my first acting class or my first film, my first feature film, it was like, okay, it's not gonna be perfect. And I would say probably 100% of the people who never make films, well, a lot of them at least, don't make films because they're like, well, it's not gonna be perfect, it's not gonna be good. It's not going to look as nice as another person's film or whatever. Like I shot my first short film on like a crappy little like out of the box DSLR with the out of the box nifty 50 lens, you know, like on like a crappy little gimbal in a 200 square foot basement with literally two work lamps as lighting like and no experience. Like it was technically garbage. It was a good story and it won awards like you know the it's not about the perfectionism of it it's like and you know it, it's story first always 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 story first if you have a story shoot it on an iphone and that sounds so trite so many people are saying that nowadays but truly like do you know yeah um i think that if i was precious with my work if i thought oh man this isn't as good as it could look or like other people know how to do this better than i do other people have been trained in this other people have the re- better resources than i do more money i would have never made what i what i did you know like i remember i had i had somebody tell me once i won't i won't say who um who said like you you know cuz we did we shot two features in a year and and this person said you're literally crazy like this is they're going to be garbage you know, and I'm happy to say I think we've we've proven that person wrong. Yeah, but if I would have let that <laughs> voice like get into my brain and tell me like, oh yeah, professionals take like three years to do one movie, and I'm some amateur. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have all the equipment or the money in the world. And I'm trying to do two in one year. I am crazy. So be crazy. Like, don't be precious with your work. Get out there and create. Like I I think that, you know i've been i've been trying to over the past like five years particular like a definition of art because i think it's it's a deceivingly difficult thing to define and i think to me the definition of art as i and i'll change it in a year i swear but like right now my working <laughs> definition is the appreciation communication and or no, appreciation understanding and communication of beauty and
0: Ooh, that's good, you know put
1: like, and beauty is not pretty, you know? I remember I was in, in Poland once. Um, I was at a an underground propaganda, an, an underground newspaper museum. And it was a museum dedicated to the underground newspapers that kept the hope of the Polish people alive during Nazi occupation. Whoa. They were these newspapers that were printed and disseminated secretly. And they had one right as you walked in. It's just like, small, it's like a one-room, small little basement. And it's of a, a street in, in Poland. That's a wide street and it's covered the entire thing with corpses and they it's all cold and they're all fr- and it's a, it's a flat surface of corpses, except for one fist that was raised like that raised in the air and frozen that way. Wow. That w- is a gruesome, cruel image. That is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because it is about the resilience of humanity and the, the perseverance and the goodness to stand against evil, you know, despite even death so you know the the beautiful is what is true and what is good and so the appreciation is that kind of like gut instinctual feeling that we all have of like this thing is this thing is beautiful you know yeah. and then the understanding is the intellect intellectualization of why that thing is beautiful and and I'm a big fan of like the the stoics and you know there's a there's an old idea in in you know well just philosophy in general that if you have the capability to do good, you have the responsibility to do good. It's Spider-Man, it's with great power comes great responsibility, right? Yeah. (laughs) If you have the ability to do good, you are obligated to do that good. So I think as artists, if we have the ability to appreciate and understand what beauty is, we have the obligation to communicate that beauty through our art. And I think that, so, you know, I think a lot of people let, being precious of their work get in the way of that obligation to put beauty into the world. So I may have done like a mini lecture, but that's my answer.
0: <laughs> Listeners, he's putting on his tweed jacket and yeah, it has a little pipe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no man, it's I, it's it's beautiful. It's so well put too, and just like art, it's gonna that uh, interpretation is gonna change in your point of view at some point in the near future everything's constantly shifting and evolving i hope Um, it does
1: i would hate for like me to know like i i don't ever want to make my magnum opus at like 26 like i know I want to say that from like 66 you know i hope it changes and i I think that's the part of like being not precious with your work especially like if you're a young person like we are do ever like be bad at what you do you're in your freaking 20s and 30s that's just do it just do it. it
0: If anything has, I mean, it was (laughs) uh, the whole, you know, um, the label uh, or not the label, the meme that millennials have of, you know, everything we experienced before we're the age of 40 is like, you know, eight or nine times what previous generations had experienced in some way, shape or form, certain things not included, um, you know, because you just you can't measure one with the other. But as far as, uh, you know, life being too short. It it truly is. And the older we get, the more we see that. In the last few years, yeah. we've seen that more than anything else. So yeah, I, if you have something like the web series I'm going to make this this spring, it's going to be shot on an iPhone with medium quality sound, but it's yeah. going to be done and it's it's going to happen. So that I mean that is a hundred percent right. And everybody who's creative, what even if you're not creative, if you want to make something and you've never done it before can do it yeah yeah you know you don't like i said you don't want to be in your 70s or 80s thinking i you know what i should have gone canoeing in alaska well (laughs) i mean you still can question mark but you still can um so yeah with everything that you have been doing the last year or so i'm not sure because the next bit i have is you know things you want to shout out or promote uh so i definitely wrote down you know life and death and scars of our hands Mm -hmm. will i know scars of our hands is still in post Mm -hmm. uh any chance the listeners might be able to see life and death at some point in the near future
1: yeah so it's in the the festival circuit right now so um if there's ever uh, a colorado festival that it's in follow uh, chameleon film studios on instagram shameless plug and you can uh, we'll update you on what festivals uh it will be showing at um it's a really really wonderful wonderful little movie i'm very uh, proud of everybody who worked on it um and then yeah as far as once that's through the festival circuit you know if if it goes to afm and then is sold streaming we don't really know what's going to happen to it yet um but it'll be available at some point you know i think that that's like I, I always get so worried that like, you know, because you see this all the time in indie film, like a project gets shot and it it just like sits on the editing table for like three years and like everybody forgets about it. And like, I'm petrified of that. So Life and Death will be available to be seen uh, at some point soon. Um, and then, yeah, as far as scars go, the scars of our hands, um, there will be a, uh, you know, a festival circuit with that as well, uh, as well as, you um, hopefully kind of like a family and friends screening this summer, uh, similar to how we premiered life and death um, just to make sure that, that the people who worked on it and put their, their blood, sweat and tears into it, get to see it. Um, and then, yeah, as, as far as other things go uh, we have some really, really exciting, fun projects coming up that I, I can't say anything about, but oh, um, mystery. I mystery, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot. 2024 is going to be a very, very fun year. So just keep, uh, keep an eye out, I guess.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, buddy, I, this was long overdue and I'm so glad we we were able to fit it within an hour, which has been like my goal this whole last year. And usually they go into mm-hmm. like the 80 or 90 minute range. So mm-hmm. just keeping it close, but I, I mean, you know, I love you. I love working with you. I love hanging out with you. And I can't wait for the next project, you know, we will work on together. It's going to happen like this year, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. um, post strike. Everything is just it's kind of slow now, but <laughs> next month, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll see you in the uh, the acting collective here soon. And uh, I think the only thing that we have left for this episode is the good old awkward goodbye. Oh, ready for that. Did you forget about that? No,
1: I, this is part of it. The- Oh, yeah, oh no, okay, okay, no, okay. Just kidding. No, I'm, I'm excited for this. But, uh, <laughs> run. Okay, now, now this is unironically, uh, awkward. Is there anything I'm actually supposed to do for it, or just? <laughs> I'm afraid <to> dog? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is like so meta because it's kind of a bit, but it's also not but the more it is a bit the more i realize that that's it's it doesn't have to be not a bit does that make any okay (laughs) that was it